Over 100,000 restaurants have closed for good since the coronavirus shut down the world in March. For Chef Month 2020, we here at Tender Friends are raising funds for restaurants and restaurant workers affected by the COVID-19 pandemic. All money raised will go directly to the Restaurant Workers Community Relief Fund, which has raised over $7.5 million, with 50% of that going directly to the folks on the front lines, keeping our favorite restaurants up and running. To donate, please visit the link in our Instagram bio at TenderFriendsPod, or go directly to the GoFundMe by visiting gf.me slash u slash zaqp38. Again, that link is gf.me slash the letter u slash zaqp38. Any amount helps, and we appreciate your support. We hope you enjoy our conversations with some of our favorite chefs. And to the restaurant workers around the world, thank you and stay safe. Hey everybody, welcome to Tender Friends, the only podcast about chicken tenders and chicken nuggets. I'm your host, Eric. Joining me, of course, is our other host, Michael, but for some reason, the Zoom cut off the entire intro when we originally recorded it, so I was stuck to create it by myself as I edited the episode. But we have a great episode for you. It's week three of Chef Month 2020, and our guest is a writer for LA Times. She has her own series on YouTube called The Bucket List, where she checks out the best fried chicken in Los Angeles. She is the fried chicken queen of Los Angeles. Please welcome the Tender Friends, Jen Harris. Thanks for having me. Hi, Jen. We're so excited to have you. You truly have been at the top of our list for the past almost four years now. Yeah. So we we waited for the right opportunity and we figured socially distanced via Zoom was the perfect time. And while we're in the middle of Chef Month 2020, we also wanted to get your opinion on an actual place because one of the things we wanted to do with you was obviously actually review a place since you are a food writer. So uh, this week, we will also be talking about Jesse Boy, which is a local LA spot. But before we get into all of that, tell us about your journey. How did you get to the LA Times? Uh, how did your food journey start? Tell us all about that. Both my grandmas cooked a lot. My mom is a great cook. Um, so I was always surrounded by good food. Um, but then my family members who don't really cook like my dad loves to eat too. So we would, you know, as a family, go try new restaurants together, which was nice. So food has always been a big part um, of my family life. Uh, and then in terms, I mean, I, I never wanted to be a chef. I've always loved cooking and being in the kitchen, but, um, I, I don't, I don't think I'm rigorous enough to be a chef Mm, or like disciplined enough. Um, because I'll look at a recipe and be like, Oh, it's good. And then like, kind of like do my own thing. Um, I like like develop, I like trying to, um, mimic other people's flavors. So, uh, like for the LA times, I started a series called, I can make that where I basically try to make a restaurant dish without a recipe. And then I go back into the kitchen and make it alongside the chef while he or she makes the real version and then give them mine. So that's fun for me to like try and um, mimic those flavors. But in terms of like an actual chef, I'm I'm not serious enough for that. So So would would you say that the end result is more important to you than the process? Whereas for most chefs, it's like the fun of experimenting in the kitchen. You're more like, give me some good food. That's all that matters, right? Yeah, I mean, I guess both. Like, it's it is the process is fun for me, uh-huh. um, but I'm I'm more concerned with like getting to eat that thing at the end of the road. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, totally. Yeah, 
yeah so um, the process is fun but unlike a chef where it's like breaking down and like oh let's change this let's add this let's let's experiment you're like just give me the best fucking food and i'll be yeah. happy <laughs> yeah exactly i mean with baking i obviously follow the recipe because you're supposed yeah. to but I'm, <laughs> I, I don't bake a lot um but but yeah so didn't really want to be a chef but i love cooking um and i've always loved writing uh i, I like to write about food um, i started writing for my university newspaper when i was at uci for undergrad um and then i ended up going to grad school at usc for journalism uh we had an online publication there called neon tommy that my class started and i thought you know we need some food coverage so i started doing food coverage for them it was like stuff on restaurants but also i had like a cooking column because i thought that'd be fun mm -hmm. um and then which it was fun uh but and then um <laughs> you know after grad school it was the middle of the recession it was 2010 when i got out of grad school and um I applied for a job at the LA Times and many other places, and I happened to get an interview with them uh, and started working for them after that. But I was working for the image and book review sections. I actually wasn't working for food, even though that's what I wanted to do. Um, and I just kind of gradually started offering to write stuff for the food section, like and kind of stalking them and just being like, hey, if you need some, you know, if, sure. if no one's doing the story and, mm -hmm. and you don't have the staff for it, I'll do it on the weekend or I'll do it for free or whatever. Uh, and then when a full-time position in food came up like a year later, uh, I took it. So that's kind of how I got, how I finagled okay. my way into the food section. So would you say that growing up, you were exposed to a lot of uh, different cultures, foods, um, you know, more so than living in like a suburb of Illinois. Like I, like I, I, you know, growing up, like I wasn't exposed to anything, but would you say that your love of food was influenced by living in Los Angeles growing up? I definitely think so because beyond like eating with my family at all the great places in the San Gabriel Valley. Um, I had friends from school from all over the place. So I would get really great Mexican food, Ethiopian mm. food, Indian food. Um, one of my friends was Filipino growing up. So lumpia, you know what I mean? So yeah, I was, yeah, I, was yeah. I, I was definitely uh, exposed to a lot of different foods um, living here. So, yeah. That's great. So it seems like you've always had like the path in mind from very, from a very young age, a kind of like, you knew that the food and cooking was the passion and then you found what specific area of that passion you wanted to be a part of and, and you went for it and you got it. That's all right. That's a pretty succinct and like straightforward story. That, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. I, I had a goal in mind and I was just like, yeah. do whatever you can to do this. So, and I, yeah. but I've been, I've been very fortunate. Um, so I'm very lucky, but, but yeah, it was, that's awesome. I had a one track mind. So yeah, all worked out. So you also have the bucket list uh, series with LA Times, right? That's LA Times, mm -hmm. right? You do that with? Yeah. Um, and that's where you go and visit different uh, fried chicken spots. Um, you've been to a few that we've been to, been to a few that we want to go to. Uh, mm -hmm. So let's talk about, obviously you're known as the fried chicken queen of LA. That's kind of a, a niche that you, you love to explore. So let's talk about, obviously that's our niche too, um, some of your favorite fried chicken spots. We could talk about tenders more, later on okay. but let's talk let's fried chicken is probably more your wheelhouse right do you do you experiment with i mean do you try tenders a lot so i have many feelings about tenders okay. <laughs> um right, let's like, get into it i like i i just tenders for me were always about the condiments because i feel like growing up i didn't eat a lot of good tenders sure. um so a lot of times they were like flat and dry either there was too much coating or not enough um you know, and so to save the tender, I dunked in many sauces um, sure. and I happen to like condiments, but, um, and that's, a, like, that's a way for a lot of people. A lot of, a lot of people use it as a conduit for sauce. Yeah. Which, which is totally fine. Um, yeah. but it wasn't until 
maybe the last year that I actually started eating, like finding and and really enjoying tenders. Yeah. So. I mean, they're hot right now. And, you know, I, you, I, we, we, a while ago, we didn't want to say it was because of us. But now we're just going to say it's because of us. They're hot because of us. Listen, yes, it's, but I'm um, going to say and, that, too. I'll give you the credit. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, thank, thank you. you. I thank mean, it's you. been four years. And just think of how many chicken tenders or Nashville chicken tender spots have opened up in L.A. in the last four years. I'm not saying it's because of us. But, I mean, we've, we've been through the birth and the – and the fall of many a chicken tender restaurant Man, that we reviewed on this show. I didn't even know what chicken tenders were, and then this just show started. I think we invented. Yeah, them, honestly, I think we came up with the idea. Did we invent them? Hey, I don't know. We'll perfect probably. them eventually. But I will um, say, uh, the there's been a lot of places like, and we'll get to it with Jesse Boy, but Jesse Boy's tender specifically, it's like the the specific type, not the Korean type of chicken, but I mean like size, quality, actual like tender wise. Tenders like that, I haven't been. I haven't seen tenders like that until like the recent couple of years with just like a good solid quality chicken tender where it's like almost like it, it, it almost is like eating fried chicken. It's not like the shitty yeah. frozen chicken. Well, so they're, I feel like they're getting, I mean, I think we're more exposed to it in LA, but I feel like it, around the country, it's becoming more of a gourmet yeah. style food that people like are putting more effort and, and uh, you know, uh, more detailed recipes into and actually experimenting with. Yeah. And Nashville hot chicken, I think, is a big part of that because that's like one of the main, main styles, especially out here in LA, in terms of tenders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so many. So, so many. talk about some of the best fried chicken spots that you think you've been to, in your opinion. Uh, there's so many. Which I'm um, sure a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say, where do I start? Um, I. Well, love... the ones on your show, the ones on your show are obviously or, some I mean, of your favorite, about... right? Yeah. So I mean, I started the series with. Nashville hot chicken, just because I feel like it, it took over Los Angeles in the yeah. last two years. Um, and so I wanted to have, you know, Johnny from Helen Ray's and Kim Prince from Hotville on to talk about, you know, cause she actually is from Nashville from the Prince yeah. family in Nashville. So she has it in her blood. Johnny obviously went there a bunch of times, fell in love with it was the, was really the first one to bring me here and start the yeah. craze in Los Angeles. Um, so to have them together talking about what it meant to each of them and just to kind of see, they didn't give us like secrets, but, um, I was in the kitchen with each of them when they were making their chicken. Um, and so, and I learned that the key to good fried chicken many times is just the resting, like let, after you bread that chicken, after you dredge it in whatever flour, buttermilk you're doing, like let that rest so that it, so that like the whatever coating you're using really adheres to the skin yeah, absorbs a little bit and like and, yes yeah yes and, it, and you and you kind of hydrate the flour or starch or whatever you're using that yep. way um and that really helps with that crisp skin that that actually connects to the chicken and doesn't you know you don't take a bite and then there's this like kind of big hole between where yeah. the skin and the chicken is so um those two are like masters they're amazing so definitely Hotville uh and definitely Howland Ray's obviously um but there, I mean, there are so many great places that we didn't put on the series just because we only had so many episodes and so much time yeah. in the day. But like a place like Lucky Bird at Grand Central Market, like Chris Dane is such a talented chef. Um, and his chicken is so delicious. Like a lot of flavor itself, even because uh, the marinade he uses is really great and kind of citrus forward. And then he'll have some like uh, citrus peel on the chicken with some flaky salt, which is really good. Um, and he uses like a pressure fryer, which also just like really yeah. locks in the moisture and creates this really nice crisp skin around it. So I didn't get to use them 
for the series this year, but I, I love their chicken. Um, yeah, there's someone we had, uh-huh. we follow, I follow, we follow them on our Instagram, but they don't have, I don't think they have tenders yet. They don't, they don't. They um, were messing but, but around they're... with popcorn chicken. Oh, okay. Oh, that so could maybe, count. maybe we'll hit them up. Yeah, we could, we could, do, I mean, we could do them like a wing Wednesday kind of thing, but yeah. Um, They've been, they, we've been following them like for a long time. We wanted to do them. So I'm like, I'm like waiting for them to drop tenders, but we could just do their fried chicken. I mean, if you're suggesting it. Yeah. I, I mean, you, I mean, who knows if you reach out, they might put tenders on the menu or they might just like try oh, out tenders for you. Expect a DM, Lucky Bird. <laughs> that's what yeah, I, I was like. Yeah. They're yeah. going to get an edible arrangement every single day until they release them. In the shape of go. the tender. There you go. Um, but so, uh, Tokyo Fried Chicken Company in Monterey That's Park is one of my one favorite places. Yeah, oh my yeah. God, that place is, the chicken is so good. Um, a lot of people say that that's the best fried chicken in the area, like just, just standard fried chicken. I mean, it's, it's very It's up good. there, yeah. It's, it's up there because, you know, he, it's like a cross between karaage and like Southern fried chicken. Yeah. They're mm-hmm. marinating it like karaage um, and... So like the chicken itself is so good, but then the coating is good. Like, and he, I mean, you, it doesn't even need the sauces, but he has like a really good, like spicy yuzu sauce and like honey and ponzu. And it's just good. It's just good chicken. Um, yeah. But yeah, so, so many, now I'm hungry, but so many. I don't know how long the podcast <laughs> is. I could literally just give you a no, giant list. This is but, um, all what it's about. So, so any, are, those are definitely tops. Yeah. Any tender spots that you can think of off the top of your head? Or if not, what do you think makes a good tender? Or both? Uh, okay, both. So what I think makes a good tender is obviously like good quality chicken and like a big enough piece of chicken, like so it's not too flat. Mm-hmm. Um, and the chicken has to be like juicy. Like I've had so many dry tenders that are yeah. just really sad. Um, and again, ha- and I've had so many tenders where you take a bite and then the, the coating just falls right off. Yeah. Like it's like, you know, so um, I think if the coating and the chicken are one, stick together. Um, and if the chicken is moist um, and if the coating stays crisp, because also so many times, like it's just not, it's just not crispy. And I know yeah. like getting takeout, obviously it's, it's harder to do, yeah. but um, some tenders are definitely better to like, hold their crispness yeah right yeah so, yeah some people so, work on that specifically especially like the the delivery only spots yeah mm-hmm. um, hey, but yeah, some so of the delivery had, only spots don't ones. so it's true yeah speaking yeah, of delivery only ventilation Vent- yeah. ventilation in the box yeah we uh we interviewed uh luther bob chen who who is doing luther bob's chicken i don't know if you've heard of them uh but he yes, but i haven't tried it yet yeah. He he specifically asked us to ask you to try his chicken. <laughs> it is and that excellent. if you want any, he will send it to you. And I will say, <laughs> not to keep plugging Luther Bob's, but they are some of the best tenders that we've ever had on the show. They are. So, and they're one of the places that does delivery. I mean, they do delivery only, but uh, yeah, if it, you know, he he delivers it right. It stayed really crispy. Okay. So if you ever gonna, if you ever want some Luther it. Bob's, DM him, and he said he'll send them to you. No problem. Oh, I will. I will just go get it. I mean, I will. I will. I'm happy to get it. But okay. Also, here, you guys. So after I saw, because you guys just posted him, right? Uh, yeah, we, we just had him on yeah, last week. We just had him yeah. on last week. Or this yeah. Week. So bec- yeah, I saw. So look, I actually had bookmarked it. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> so after I saw after I saw you guys post it, I was like, oh Jen, you need to try that place, and I bookmarked it. Um, literally yeah. did this yesterday. So yeah, it won't be it's disappointed. Really I don't on think. the list. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, it looks really cool. good. So. 
do what what is your time in the kitchen now do you cook a lot or are you more just like going out and then trying places uh i'm trying to support as many restaurants as i can so i'm trying to get takeout uh, multiple times a week um but i only have so many funds in my bank my bank account yeah yeah, i feel the same uh, way (laughs) yeah so um i'm trying to get takeout as much as i can um I probably get takeout at least three times a week, but then I am, I am cooking a lot. I have been trying to cook a lot um, and not waste any food in the house. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So yeah. And my, but my cooking has been like, how can I put these leftovers in a, I make a lot of kimchi fried rice or I make a lot of fried rice with leftovers because it's just a good way to use up stuff and it's delicious. Um, So that, or like putting stuff in a sandwich, putting stuff Mm -hmm. on a pizza. So most of my cooking now has been with sustainability in mind rather than I want to try this. Yes, (laughs) exactly. That I want to try this cool new um, recipe. So maybe I'll get into that a little, a little more in a little bit, but yeah. Sure. It is fun that we're in that part of the pandemic. You know, at the beginning, it was like, everyone was like, let's make a unicorn cake. Or let's, you know, I'm making bread. Let's go out and buy all this sourdough. stuff. And now I feel like, every, yeah, mm. sourdough. Everybody's now like, hey, listen, I've got a sausage, one stock of celery, and a jar of peanut butter. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm going to put them together. Yeah. <laughs> like, why not? I think my next adventure is bagels, but I need a, I need a oven stone. I don't have an oven stone. Oh, you don't have to do that. I made, bu- I made bagels with the, on, just on a baking sheet. They were fine. Okay. Fine. Hey, man, you Come got on. it. Well, yeah, clearly he wants bagels that are better than fine. I don't want some West Coast, Midwest trash bagels, okay? <laughs> a couple of Buffalo Grove, Illinois bagels. Yeah, no, 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 no. I've, I've been watching. that stone. <laughs> I, know, I don't know how much it is. I'm like, I, don't, I feel like that's going to be a lot. Yeah. I, I fell into like Bon Appetit videos at the beginning of quarantine, and now I'm back into Bon Appetit videos, rewatching the same videos I watched already. So now I'm like, I guess I gotta buy a baking stone. Right, yeah. These bagels like Claire does. I need to buy a um, full rotisserie. <clears throat> so I'm glad that this week we were able to do a review of a local spot because obviously restaurants are being hurt again by uh, the restrictions and, the, and and COVID blowing up again. So it's nice to be able to go back to a local spot. So this week we're doing Jesse Boy. Again, I thought it was a chain and I looked on their website. They don't have a Wikipedia. They don't have anything on their website that is information about them. They don't even have a website, do they? I mean, no, they do, but it's like go to. It says coming soon, new website coming soon, or something. Um, Do any of you know any information about them, like when they started or anything? I mean, so I when I I moved out here six years ago and it was not there. Um, I used to work really close to there, and I spent a lot of time driving up and down Vine, uh, delivering. Like Mm -hmm. I was doing. I was a PA, a post PA. So I was dropping off hard drives, like up and down that street all the time. And I remember when it came in because I specifically liked the little radish guy (laughs) on the sign. He's a cute Mm -hmm. little radish guy. And that came, I remember when that came in and I was like, it's something like maybe where, where that location was, was a couple things in a rapid amount of time. Like things didn't seem to stick there or something. And then Jesse boy Mm -hmm. came in and I noticed it. And I thought the radish was cute. And I, I remember looking at the Yelp and thinking like, wow, that food looks really good. And then I never ate it, mm. which, you know, happens. Well, happens yeah. But, I yeah. found yesterday I was researching it. I found a Voyage LA article about them and they started at a local farmer's market as a pop-up okay. um, mm. selling food. And then I guess Jesse, uh, who's the business partner of the guy who, started it with him train it says he trained at a michelin star yeah exactly it says he, <laughs> it says he trained at a michelin star 
restaurant in LA, but it doesn't say what it was. Okay. So, huh. um, Did they say okay, when it was? To, so it says they plan their grand opening in January. Let me see when. Oh, 2019. So this just opened last January. <laughs> okay. What? So going going so on two yeah. years. Yeah. So it is relatively new. Damn, I yeah. feel like it's okay. older than that. I wonder what I was. I also feel that. like it's older. I don't know why. Interesting. I thought so. Maybe, maybe there was some pop up buzz that we heard and we didn't realize. I don't know. I could have sworn I saw the sign before. But uh, it is the sign. The sign is embedded in my head. Yeah. Um, yeah, but this like their website is just this. Like, that's what, yeah, I, that's what I saw. Have, like, yeah. yeah, and I it's what I use to pre-order. So. Same. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so uh, so we know they've been around for two years. We know they started as a pop-up and they grew. So Jen, if you're not familiar with the show, we give points kind of to whatever we feel is worthy of a point. Uh, we've been giving some specific points during quarantines as we can't actually go to the places like a Postmates point, which is just them adapting to delivery during all of this but i also think they get a uh, a come up point which is starting from like a like dave's date in the parking lot and moving yeah. to a brick and mortar and expanding they kind of did the same trajectory so we like supporting that kind of journey and that success so yeah mm-hmm. two points to start yeah i'd say two points to start because all right that's nice hey you, you know what right off the bat let's give it a third point for having a cute radish I will give it. A, I'll give it a little cute little radish point, a little mascot point. I really, oh. I really like this point system. I really I mean, like it's, it. It's no Jolly Bee. It is no Jolly yeah. Bee, but uh, but that bee, good that mascot. Bee we love so a good cute. chicken mascot. Uh, out okay. with the Colonel Sanders, in with the radish, and uh, what's what's Jolly Bee? A bee. It's a obviously. bee. Yeah. yeah. It's a bee. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, okay, so let's start with what we ordered. Jen, would you like to go first? Sure. I just ordered the uh, just three. The three tenders. Yeah, yeah I, I see what I. Yeah, it's just three tenders. But then there was an option to like add the cauliflower for an extra mm-hmm. three or five dollars. So I definitely did that too. So I just okay. had the tenders and the cauliflower. I'm glad that you did that because I had thought of doing it, but I did not do that because I also ordered a chicken sandwich and a bowl. Um, oh, because, really supporting Jessica. Well, Ellen, I gave some to my girlfriend. She she wants she had most of the bowl, but yeah, I don't know. I just. Yesterday, I was, for some reason, I was like, I'm going hard today. And I got almost their entire menu. Okay. Nice. I got uh, f- four tenders. I got four tenders because I added a tender, which you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, but only because if I didn't add the tender, I would have gotten a small cart fee on Uber Eats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, I got a free tender. Sure. Thanks to Uber Eats. Um, so we all pretty much got the same. I got some fries. The fries were The fries were like... You know the type of fries where you can just like pound them really quickly and <laughs> yes, you have like a mound of potato in your stomach yeah. and you're like, that's okay. That's kind of what their fries were like. They, they were, were good. good. <laughs> they were, they were consistent. They were crunchy. Um, no fry point, but they were good fries. Uh, I, I think we should give them a quantity point though, because you can add one or two tenders after the yeah, base I mean, of three. I feel like that's standard. We always do give pl- places that will allow you to just add them by the tender a quantity yeah. point. The possibilities are endless then. Sure. There's nothing yeah. There's nothing worse than when you want five tenders and you can only get a three or a six. Exactly. Awful. Awful. Um, so let's talk about kind of the things that stood out to you all uh, in terms of these tenders. Well, what spice levels did you guys get? Because they had the, you could either get mild or spicy. Yeah. I got spicy. Okay. I got mild, but it was the first time I ever had fried chicken where I was like, man, I wish I got spicy. Oh, I, f- I feel like spicy based on how the mild or lack there of, of spice was with the original. I feel like 
it's like perfect for spice mixed in with those flavors. Yeah. So I, 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 mean, re- I regret it. It was, it was dope. Look at my order because I thought I got spicy because there was a little spice to it, but it could have just been, I got mild and it just happened to be a little spicy. Yeah. Hold on. I'm just going to look up my, are you, are you a spicy person? I am a spicy person. So you I probably like, got you probably got spiced because I feel like the mild didn't really have. Oh, you know what? Like it says I just got original, no, so yeah, I don't okay. think I got fine. spicy. Yeah, that's the point. Yeah, mm. or the okay. original. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I got both. Um, and I will say the spicy was a little spicier. Uh, sure, I would hope so. I got had the heat <laughs> lips, but uh, it wasn't too bad. And I'm not but, really. I'm, I'm a fine spice person. I'm not like somebody who seeks it out regularly. If it if I happen to eat something spicy, I'm not going to die. But I'm not like somebody who's like looking for it sure but in, ter- in terms of the flavor which which tasted better spicy or mild so here's the thing i got a three-piece uh mild or original and then i got these the sandwich was spicy okay so it is hard to say oh. because it was covered they covered it in pickled radishes and some and slaw and sauce and then i also got cheese on it mm-hmm. uh, and it was amazing it was the best chicken sandwich i've ever had it was so good basically what wow. that's not really, no. But it's up. <laughs> I, was, it's up I, was like, I was like, wow, I have to go get the sandwich. You no, can't was, throw out these kind of declarations. Yeah, on a food that was very, podcast. yeah, it was, uh, that was too much. But no, it's super, it was, it's up there. It's in like the top five. And I'll tell you why, because it's unique because it's the Korean fried chicken. And I'm sure there's other places in Los Angeles you can get a Korean fried chicken sandwich. Um, but this one was, I, I don't know, just like a mixture of the glaze that they have on the chicken, the quality of the chicken, the size of the chicken tender being almost like a just chicken breast of a sandwich. Um, and the, the pickled radishes they put on it. I don't know. The flavor was like really good. And I feel like I'm not going to be able to get it many other places, which is going to get me to go back there. Cause I did really enjoy it. Like it fulfilled the same craving that I would get from the Popeye's chicken sandwich. If I wanted something that was like soy saucy, you know, sure. on a sandwich. Yeah, I was into it. Uh, what did we think of like first appearance, look, size, uh, color when we opened the box? Were we excited? What was I the was. reaction? I, I was excited. I think I took a picture and I'm going to reference the picture and show you guys the picture. <laughs> um, I, I was excited. But the thing is, see, the tenders and the cauliflower were all just together. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was a box so, of brown. Yeah. And so, which I love boxes of brown. I love anything sure. like I mean, that's brown food, is diet. Good food to me. So, um, I was excited. It looked okay. good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think these were honestly the perfect size. Yeah. I think when it comes to tenders, these are the best size for a good tender. Yeah, they really are. And it's something about, I mean, so they're focusing on Korean style fried chicken, which is fried twice. Sure. That is correct. Right. So uh, it's nor it's normally fried twice and, and they typically use a starch uh, that's not just flour. Right. Another starch, but yeah. So I would imagine that to be true with Jesse boy because of the crunch, mm-hmm. you know, the crunch really held up and whatever they were using. I mean, I'm sure it was some sort of rice starch or something because the actual texture of the breading and the way the breading held up, I would say for these tenders, the size, the quality of the chicken, whatever they used for the breading and the amount of breading, like all of them together were just perfect. They were like all holding hands to me. Yeah. The breading was uh, very consistent, smooth, held together, even through like the thick sauce that was on the outside of the tender. It was so crispy still for me. Yeah. 
I do I do live very close to it. So that I I wonder. I mean, Eric, you're a little bit further. And Jen, I'm not um, sure where you're at. I don't know how how I they have no travel. complaints in how it how it traveled. Yeah. I mean I'm not too far. Where where is it? Santa Monica and what? Uh, uh no, it's Vine, on Vine. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Santa Monica and Vine. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm, I, not, I'm not I'm like half a mile, two miles from that. I drove mine back to Pasadena. Okay. Mm. Um, that's a that's a drive. So mine lost a little bit of its crunch but that's because i drove it back to pasadena not because there was anything wrong sure. with the chicken. Right, 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 totally. but the cauliflower did not travel well okay mm. lots of lots of moisture in cauliflower but i'm not going to knock them for that because again i travel no knock them drag them jen drag them this is a tender show no no so we're going to talk about the tenders the, the tenders this will yeah. this will never be a cauliflower show don't you worry um so okay so we give them a size point mm-hmm. i would give say them, quality I, point definitely a quality point definitely quality point this was great white meat chicken. Um, I would give it also a color point. Yeah, they right? were pretty. I thought they were very size. They were pretty quality, color, crunch. And you gotta. I crunch. You have to give it I'm a here, crunch I'm point here on crunch okay. for sure. Um, and then I would also because I was, I was not eating it like picking up a tender and eating it. I was actually shredding it the entire time. Yeah. Great terribility. So I would give it a tear point. Okay. That's, you know, a tear point is a good sign of a quality point because obviously, you know, if that shreds, that's that tender breast, baby, or tender meat. Um, I mean, I don't know if this says something, but Eric, you know, I'm a little bird boy and I eat seeds. I eat a couple Mm -hmm. seeds a day and I'm good. I don't eat that much. I had three meals yesterday. I ate all three. Like, I, I don't eat that much. That is just like, I can't. And I crushed all three. Because they so, were good or because you were hungry? No, because they were good. Well, I, I couldn't stop eating. I, I mean, it was like, I ate all the rice. I ate all the rice. All the rice. I was like, give me more, of the, give me, give me more rice. Call <laughs> Jesse boys. Have him some more rice. It was insane. I don't know. So I, I had a very good experience with them. I would say even like down to like, I want to give them a flavor point. I want to give yeah, I mean, them. I, I want to talk about the sauce before we get into that. What, what, what? Do we think, because I have such a limited palate that I have no idea, like, where to even begin with what this glaze was on the tender? What do you guys think or know what it was? Uh, their website said spicy ponzu, right? Isn't that what they... I mean, let me pull up their website. My tender was definitely more sweet than anything. Like, that's, what, that's why I was... Some, some honey, like, it reminded me of, like, a General Tso's chicken from, yeah. like, a, a Chinese-American takeout place more than anything Korean, because I've had, like, soy garlic a lot of soy garlic korean fried Mm -hmm. chicken and i've even had honey butter korean fried chicken um but this to me was a tasted very much like general sauce chicken yeah yeah yeah. that's what like with the interior like i was eating a lot of like the meat first and that tasted more like korean fried chicken the way it was either brined or marinated but then the outside was yeah that's why i said like it was it tasted like mostly honey and that's why Mm -hmm. i wish it had a little more spice so it says on their website they have sauces, and the house ponzu is the sauce that they use to glaze their food. Have a little more is what it says. So I, I, I think that the original is the house ponzu, and then there's a Diablo sauce that says kick it up a notch with some spice, and that may be what makes it spicy. So those could what be is, sauces. What is ponzu sauce? Um, it's citrus soy sauce. Yeah. Um, which is interesting got, because it? it didn't. Yeah, there was no, like, I didn't get citrus or, I mean, I got a little soy. I mean, I definitely. I, yeah, where are I definitely, you seeing? Where are you seeing this? Because the menu that I have doesn't say anything like that. It's on there. If you go on, um, 
any of their delivery oh on the delivery like if you go to like a a postmates or grubhub they give you the options for sauces Oh, see, you guys, I ordered directly from them. I ordered I from their too. website. Yeah, and I, I didn't did see that you could add any sauces because I'm all about the condiments. I know. Yeah, there's also an aioli that is the slightly spicy aioli that's in oh, their sandwiches. See, I did not. I didn't do this right. There was no option for that if you order directly through their own link. Huh. Oh, okay. Jesse Hold boy. On, let's see. Got to put that on there. Wait, where? why am I not seeing... Okay, I'm on their Postmates. Hold on. I'm on their Postmates. Korean fried chicken tenders. It just says tenders in one side, and then you choose oh, a spice it's level. it's a separate order section. It's a side eats. Oh. It's under side eats. Yeah, you have to check under dips and sides. It's on their website, too. I'm looking now, too. But it's, on oh. at the, it's way at the bottom of their menu. Oh, I see. House Ponzu, aioli, Diablo, sesame dressing. Yeah. You guys, I, I effed up. I did this wrong. Hey, listen. I did not, I did yes. not order the right, because I would have gotten sauces on its own, side eats. Oh, okay. Yeah, because ponzu, I was like, citrus soy sauce is like whatever. Yeah. But I should have definitely gotten the aioli sauce. Okay. That's Fail. a... Uh... <laughs> It's a well, measure we, of usability. They got to add that as an option on the tenders as well so that you see it. I want to try the spicy. So maybe, maybe we'll do a redo. Who knows? Oh, time will tell. Um, yeah. did, did you get it? Did, did you guys get any sauces? I feel like they sent, I didn't use any though. They sent me one, but it, it tasted just like what it was glazed with. So that's the only I sauce you got anymore. Yeah. I didn't. Was it add sweet? Any on. Well, uh, it was just the mild sauce yeah it was like it it literally just tasted like you guys described like general chow like a little like uh was it thick mm-hmm. it was like a okay. thick glaze it was like the same thing that they glazed the chicken on yeah. I mean, they had the aioli and then you know what i think i did have this uh there's a sesame dressing or something that we got too because we got a bowl which is essentially a salad mm-hmm. Um, it's mm-hmm. basically like the rice base with the lettuce on top and then they just covered it in chicken. Um, so we had that as well. And that was like a thinner, that tasted more like just like a, like a soy sesame dressing, which was really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I would have probably dipped my chicken in it had we not put it all over the bowl. Uh, but we did put it all over the bowl. So I, 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 I should have got the aioli as well, especially since I knew about it, but it was on, actually it was on the sandwich that I had and it was really good. Um, but I did not give it much thought because hmm. I smashed great, the sandwich. Great review. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I mean, it, it was like, it was like a similar spicy, it was like spicy mayo, it, which yeah. went great with everything. But do I necessarily need it for the tenders? Not really. That's so no sauce it. point, but what do we think about the glaze? Do we want to give it a flavor point or do we want to give the glaze a point? I loved what it. What are we feeling? Personally, I was, super I will defer it. to you too, because again, I feel like I would have liked it more if I had spice and I'm just not, like I was, I was thinking this yesterday. I was like, how do I describe this on the podcast? I'm like, I don't like sweet sauces, but the only sauce I eat is ketchup, which is sugar. <laughs> so like, I'm like, what is, where's, what's the disconnect? Because I did, I'm not a fan of like honey or that kind of stuff on the tender. But then I'm like, wait, you idiot. You only exclusively eat ketchup. Like what gel? Yeah. Like what, what is the difference? So I don't know where, I, I guess it's cause I'm so white that, that all the flavors were just so new to me that I was like, I had to take, I mean, it was good. I ate it. Um, 
So I will defer to you if you think that the glaze deserves a sauce point or a flavor point. I liked it a lot. I mean, am I going to go to Jesse Boy when I specifically want Korean wings or Korean fried chicken glaze flavor? Probably not because there's other places that do it better. Mm-hmm. But this was really good to me. Like it tasted really good. I feel like it had a specific flavor that like I would probably go back for. I mean, the sandwich was really good. I think the quality of the chicken mixed with the flavor is really, if the chicken wasn't yeah. such good quality, I probably wouldn't like it as much. That's what, that's how I feel. Like the chicken itself was a good flavor. So I would give it an overall flavor point because that plus the glaze was like a good flavor of the chicken. Um, but maybe not a sauce point. Jen, what are your Jen. thoughts? Uh, for me, I, like the quality of the chicken was good. It was fried well. So obviously um, points in my head for that. Um, mm-hmm. But in terms of the flavor of the sauce, I found it to be very one. It was just like sweet. Yeah. Like yep. it, it didn't really taste like garlicky or gingery or I didn't even get citrus soy sauce from it. That's why I was surprised when you said it was a ponzu because it didn't taste like ponzu. It just tasted sweet to me. Sure. Um, and then there was like a tiny bit of heat. Like it just tasted sweet with a little bit of like heat, but not any real flavor. Yeah. Um, so totally agree. It, like if they were in front of me, I'd eat them again, but uh, I don't know if they, I would like seek them out for the, for the flavor of the sauce. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Interesting. I feel like you guys should try the spicy. Um, oh, I wonder sure. if that, I wonder if that, I mean, I will say my, the thing I enjoyed the most of the three was definitely the chicken sandwich. And that one was the spicy one and it had a bunch of stuff on it. Yeah. Um, so those all that's, yeah. that's exactly what I thought I was eating. I was like, this needs spice. I should have just went to my kitchen and put red pepper flakes on it or something. Um, but uh, alas, here we are. What are our thoughts, final thoughts on, on Jesse Boy? Any, anything we missed? I mean, I don't think we missed anything. No, personally, I, I, I enjoyed it. I feel like I enjoyed it more than you guys, for sure. Um, Maybe. But... Hey, man, we're, that's what's so great about the world. We're the professionals, Jen and I, okay? <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, that's true. I'm your intern. <laughs> yeah, this is – you're Go back still to training. filing papers. Okay, sorry. You're still training. Once you can eat as much it. ketchup as I, then you'll be <laughs> real. I'll go. never be able to do that in my life. But I'm going to go back and try the sandwich because you said it was good. So yeah. I, will, I will definitely go back and try the sandwich. I did enjoy it quite a bit make sure you get it spicy and also i got it with cheese which at the beginning of the doing this podcast we were noticing a lot of the places were doing the sliders like all the nashville spots were doing the sliders and they all started putting cheese on it and i was horrified by that i was like oh my god like but you know i started doing it and it's really good (laughs) so i was wrong cheese on a chicken tender i'm in so uh what are the final thoughts for jesse boy i'm into it i liked it into it okay yeah, I mean, I, I'm glad we were able to. Is this, is this our first Korean fried chicken spot? No, we went to Kyochan. Oh, we went to Kyochan, which was way more legit. And then, uh, did we do another one? But I think that's it. I feel like that's all we've done so far because a lot of the a lot of the Korean fried chicken spots don't have chicken tenders, which is yeah, our, it's mostly just fried chicken. I would love to have done Obi Bear. I don't. Oh, I'm not even sure. Is, is that rest so in peace? Good. Is it? Is it? They're gonna. Re, they're gonna rebuild they're gonna it. Reopen? Okay, they're, cool. They're gonna rebuild it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's the plan. I have yeah. yet to have to even try Obi Bear. Um, I I'm dying to. Uh, okay. but yeah, I mean they don't have tenders, so it's it's hard for us to go there for the show. But you know, we we just did start doing Wing Wednesday, and I think Obi yeah. Bear is a good spot to check out on a Wing Wednesday. We're doing Wing Wednesday now as an excuse to actually try like 
wings or Possibly normal fried try. chicken. Yeah, I support. <laughs> so we're not limited I to tenders. Wings, so. After after three years, it's time to branch out. We're running out of spots in LA. Surprisingly, <laughs> please try, please try uh, Chef Sable's wings from EP and LP. Oh, they okay. are phenomenal. They ha- they they're so flavorful. They have this like really strong, amazing like lemongrass flavor and like mm. ginger and she coats them perfectly. They're like so like airy and crispy. And I think you guys will really like them. Yeah, yeah. I would love to. Yeah. I love that spot. I haven't been there since she took over though. I, I went there like when it opened, when it was uh, okay. the other guy. I can't remember his name. Lou. Yeah. yeah. Louis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Jen, well, while we have you, uh, we, we spoke a little bit with Farley uh, a few weeks ago about like kind of the landscape of restaurants here, especially in LA, uh, with everything going on, what do you? What is your inside knowledge in terms of like how restaurants are handling this, or kind of what this is going to do for the future landscapes of restaurants, or these restrictions? Kind of what is your opinion on all of this complicated stuff that is going on? Are the restrictions helping? Are they hurting more than they're helping? What's the pros and cons here? Uh, it's a, it's a complicated question, so I don't know how to ask it. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, there's a lot to cover. What yeah. um, with COVID? What what yeah, what is COVID? <laughs> yeah. What what COVID? Um. Well, obviously, what's happening is bad uh, for restaurants. Yeah. Um. They it's you know restaurant margins are notoriously sm- slim to begin with, even before the pandemic. Um. I think it was around like six percent. So it was already hard to run a restaurant in Los Angeles with increasing costs of labor and food and rent. And then COVID hit and it is awful. Um, so, and to buy extra PPE equipment to set up your patio for outdoor dining is extremely expensive. So, but a lot of them did it anyway. Um, they've been doing, they've been pivoting, I've, you know, people are doing pop-ups and turning their restaurants into grocery stores and kind of doing anything they can to survive. Sure. And honestly, not so many restaurant owners, I know all of them, it's not for them. It's so that they can continue paying the healthcare of their employees. Um, they're just trying to keep their doors open for that reason. And so yeah. this latest, this latest shutdown of outdoor dining was especially devastating because of all the restaurants who spent so much money setting up outdoor dining. Yeah. Um, these, the, the tents are, you know, I was talking to Christy Vega from Casa Vega and she has two very nice outdoor tents in the parking lot. Um, it costs $30,000 to set up those two dining rooms. And then it costs an additional $10,000 a month to rent those tents. Yeah. So now she's having to make the decision, do I get rid of them because I can't afford it? Or, you know, are the restrictions going to lift and then I'm going to need to set this up all over again? It's just like they're having to be put in this impossible situation where they don't know what's coming and it's impossible yeah. to plan for it. Um, That's the most difficult so, thing is these shutdown. I mean, these shutdowns happen so suddenly. It's like a text Wednesday at eight and it goes into effect Thursday at noon. It's like what like especially for restaurants, like exactly what you're saying. Like that's, that's the thing I think people are forgetting about is not only are they taking the loss of, you know, just customers not coming in, it's they're also having to put out the expenditure of the PPE and the, and the restructuring of the restaurant and that kind of stuff. And, and then for, to do all that and for it to be just like for not because your restaurant has to shut down is it's so wild. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's that, uh, uh, some restaurants in the California Restaurant Association tried to stop the ban and um, requested that, you know, the county actually show scientific proof that links outdoor dining to sure. an increase in COVID cases. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. But with the new, uh, with Governor Newsom's new announcement, um, I don't I don't know if that's going to help or if we're just going to stay closed. So we'll see. Yeah. But in Pasadena, the restaurants here 
because they have their own health department. They just said, screw it, we're staying open. So they've been open. There, there's outdoor dining in Pasadena right now. Yeah. So. I just feel like if, if you can keep the entire, and I work in the television and film industry, if you can keep that entire industry going with kind of the mayhem and like the, the lack of oversight that is, is that, I feel like restaurants are, are less of an issue in terms of that, right? I, 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 don't, I, I, don't, yes. I don't know the actual no, statistics of like which industry is promoting, you know, or spreading COVID more, but I feel like based on my experience and what I know insider, the film industry is, I feel like people are, are getting COVID a lot more than, you know, productions are shutting down more than you see restaurants shutting down because someone yeah. got it, you know? 100%. Yeah, and restaurants, you know, restaurants were open for outdoor dining during the summer when cases were lower. So yeah. clearly right. it wasn't, the, you know, they weren't the ones causing these big uh, spikes in cases. Yeah. But, um, and I get, I, get the, I get the, you know, we don't want to keep crowds. We want to limit the exposure of, of crowds and super spreader events and all that kind of stuff. But I feel like there's, you know, if, if restaurants are already capped at 20 to 25 people inside anyway, and you have a production of 150 people, or you have a school with 30 kids spread out in it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I feel like there's a, there's a weird priority shift that needs to all happen. Right. But I mean, yeah. I mean to, to, you know, I'm not, I'm not here to, this isn't a Gavin Newsom podcast, but I mean, it has to be difficult for them to try to navigate it as well and like figure out like, but I'm sure they're getting pressure from certain industries to stay open and yeah. Well, it's hard that. for him to tell people things when he doesn't follow his own rules as well. So. It's also true. It's yeah. also difficult. He, he has restaurants that he, that he just, he owns restaurants, doesn't he? I think he owns wineries. Uh, I'm not sure though. There might be food facilities at the wineries, but I'm, I'm not sure though. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Um, well, crazy world we're living in. When we started doing these podcasts <laughs> by Zoom in March, uh, I don't think, I think secretly we're like, maybe we'll get to December and still be doing the same thing. Uh, but I was like, nah, that's probably not going to happen. And here we are worse than ever. It's kind of wild. Yeah. I mean, it's mm-hmm. very wild. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is. But when this is over, I would like to eat tenders with you guys in person. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Yeah. Or, or, we, or you can come in for a wing Wednesday and we could do some fried chicken, maybe Tokyo fried chicken co. Cause I want to do that. Oh, I great. would love to. Down, um, down to do it. And uh, yeah, and this is a good transition into reminding people that we're raising money to help the restaurants and restaurant workers affected by COVID who have their restaurants shut down or need a loan to stay open. The company, uh, Restaurant Workers Community Fund also gives loans to these restaurants to help them, you know, navigate restrictions and things like that as well. So again, check out the link in our bio, in our episode description, all that fun stuff. Uh, And Jen, thank you so much for being on. Really, really had fun. And obviously we'll do this again in person sometime when we're not in fear of infection. Sounds Uh, good. Thank you. This is super (laughs) fun. Thanks. Where where can people find your writing and, um, and your bucket list show, the fried chicken show, obviously we want to promote that because that's something, you know, a lot of the people you've interviewed, we've interviewed it as well. So they can put faces to the names, um, all that stuff as well. So plug your socials Uh, and your handles and sites. So all, all the contents on latimes.com slash food. Um, all the bucket list episodes are at latimes.com slash fried chicken. Um, and then I post a lot of restaurant stuff on Instagram. So that's just at Jen, J E N N underscore Harris, which is H A R R I S underscore. Cause someone else named Jen Harris took my handle. Ugh, damn. Classic. Mm-hmm. That's why we're, that's why we're tender friends pod. Yeah. How is there mm-hmm. another tender friends on Instagram? Yeah. Give us our handle. Insane. Yep. We're obviously more important than you. Come on. <laughs> 
Uh, well, thank you so much for being on, Jen. It was great to meet you again. And next time we'll be best friends and we can go out to a restaurant, um, wear a mask maybe. Who knows? Who knows what the, what yeah. the future will uh, be in store for us? All right. Michael? Looking forward to it. What? Anything you want to add? Uh, no. Uh, no. You know what? No. Okay. Well, this was week three of Chef Month. We have one or two episodes left. We're not sure because we're still in the midst of planning this because we're recording them out of order. Um, but, uh, you know, maybe there's another one next week. Maybe, maybe not. This is, maybe this is the last of the year. We're Either not way, entirely we're, sure. We're getting close to the end of the year. So It's true, yeah. So we have a lot to reflect be... on. Everybody, yeah. <laughs> Instead of listening to the episode that may or may not come out next week, sit yeah. for an hour and look at yourself. Just reflect. In the yeah. <laughs> Just do that. Exactly. Uh, you can follow us at Tender Friends Pod on Instagram, Tender Friends on Twitter, and we will maybe see you next week. Yeah. Probably. All right. We'll see. Bye. All right. Bye. Hey, it's present day Eric here, still editing the episode. Uh, but in doing so, I realized that we never gave the point total, which as of now is nine points. However, I also realized we missed two very important points that Jesse Boy deserved, which was price and value. So I'm adding those to the total all on my own. I have full authority to do so. And that means Jesse Boy is leaving with a total of 11 points. Thanks for listening. And once again, please consider donating to our GoFundMe. The link is in the episode description. Tender friend.